right, Tilo, and we are live once again for the Mad Awesome Show. How are you doing day- today, dude? I'm good, man. I'm excited for this one as always, and um, yeah, we got a lot to talk about. Yeah, so there's there's a lot we're going to talk about, and again, nobody needs to go running and screaming. We're not going to talk about spoilers <laughs> for Kenobi, but this is the fi- this is the finale, man. So, well, I think that's what I'm most excited for. But you know, I can I can wait our normal whatever 45 minutes or an hour, however long it takes us to get there. Um, but yeah, so I think I think the biggest news on the street right now is the Grand Inquisitor himself, and there's kind of a lot to talk about when it when it comes to him. Um, what are your initial thoughts, Tilo? Um, I, I paid attention to him. I haven't really like heavily paid attention to him just for the fact that I'm not going to have him myself. Um, but from what I've seen, though, it's uh, pe- people are a little bit mad, which is it's justified, you know, because he's not the world beater that a lot of people were expecting, especially with the, the amount of time that we waited for him to come out from when they announced him. And, and I get it. Uh, but they have been doing some work, though, with Datacrons. I know uh, Fatal has a couple videos out, or at least one video. He might have two. But one for sure, talking about um, the Grand Inquisitor and the interactions with the Datacrons. So that's interesting, too. Yeah, as far as the power level thing goes, um, I okay, so I, I guess we'll just say, like, I don't love a character being tied to datacrons because you know they're temporary and in three months if he doesn't have them and then he goes back to beating like if his power level significantly drops like that's not great um but what was i gonna say before that um oh yeah so his overall power level i i and i think i someone made a really good they made a really good point as to why this is probably the case i just don't really like it is that what continues to be an issue for me is the gap between JMK and Lord Vader. L- l- like, Lord Vader is objectively more expensive than JMK. And yet, for some reason, he gets to be super beatable. And JMK, while he is, he's not, you know, unstoppable or whatever. It's, they're just it's not even on the same level. Like, Dad Bod Boba gets to come in with Fennec and Bam and whoever. And he, he gets to beat every single Lord Vader comp, you know, Datacrons aside. Uh, he gets to beat every single Lord Vader comp with Maul, without Maul, whatever, in TW. But the Grand Inquisitor, who is a later character, and JMK being an earlier character than Lord Vader, there's still there's still this gap. Like, if he's not supposed to be able to beat, you know, the only variation of him in this put down. Um, it, that may... Okay, a little clarification here. That might not even be the case with what theory crafters are able to do. But that CG flat out said that was their intention in developing this kit. So I that that's the only thing that kind of irks me in the wrong direction. Not that the Grand Inquisitor is bad. Not that the team is going to be useless. Um, I'm, I'm sure neither of those are true. But just the fact that there is still this huge gap, or there a sizable gap between JMK and Lord Vader. Yeah, no, I'm 100% with you. It's like Lord Vader has some off-meta counters that work against them where JMK has, what, a two-shot? And that's garbage, you know. <laughs> you have a two shot for for two very expensive teams, and there are ways to yeah. stop it. Um, that yeah. neither of them are guaranteed. Yeah, and even the GL versus GL counters, those are sketchy sometimes too. They're they're not a hundred percent. So then, where Lord Vader, it's it's definitely easier for GLs to counter him. Uh, I feel like there's more GLs that counter him than they do even Kenobi. And, and like you said, he's more expensive, and that's why it would have made so much more sense if he would have been focused on 
Kenobi. I don't think anybody would have been upset if he was a hard counter, not even a hard counter, just give him a shot against Kenobi. Uh, just because at this point, a lot of people have Kenobi. It's been an older character at this point. You can start introducing some of these off-meta counters. And it, it's an expensive off-meta counter too. Just the gear level alone, to have all that investment just go into countering JML, which honestly we never see on defense. I don't, I don't know about you either, but... I'm pretty sure you probably don't see JMLs on defense. Uh, you The only time that you see JML on defense, this is the only time that I do, is when you have an opponent that just places all six. I mean, that, that happened to me. Yeah. That was my second round. My second round this month. So, so that Or that this week. So that, that does happen rarely. But I get what you're saying. And I feel like that would have leveled the playing field between JMK and Lord Vader a little bit. Because one, one of the points that people are making is that... He just isn't an expensive character to get. Like, the Grand Inquisitor takes five R Relic 5 characters, and then he immediately uses that team. So it's it's a pretty big gap between um, him and beating, you know, a, a Galactic Legend and the Conquest character. But it, it would have leveled the playing field a little bit, I think. And it also would have only really been in TW. Um, and, and that's what I'm saying. I, I should have clarified it more, but... In TW, we don't see JML. I'm not even worried about GAC. Oh, that's true. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I yeah that that, that should be stated because I mean he's he's geared for TW. Yeah. So if he was pretty good at TW, like are really really good in TW, able to take out some JMKs and and just decent at GAC. We're not talking about doing the same thing that he does in in TW and GAC, but as a serviceable team, that then it it creates a a point to where you want to gear him up and start investing into him. I, I think they messed up right there, though. Yeah, because I think I, I think expect well expect him to be JMK Cat and GC. I think that was unrealistic. Um, yeah, I'm not saying anyone believed that, but that that is a really good point. Like I think I think expectations for him and GC is probably a gas counter. Like that's that's probably what his ceiling is going to be, and that's honestly kind of okay. Like you look at the Rex, they're almost comparable across the board, and I mean, gas is still a problem. I mean, that we we will get into talking about our individual matches here next. But I love CLS on defense. Uh, my <laughs> last match, where, where you were in chat, right? Yeah, I watched that one. That one sucked. That, uh, that part of the match sucked, man. I was like, all right, I literally, I just don't have a counter now. Like, I, I, I just have to. We're really, really hoping a two shot works. Um, but yeah, so so Grand Inquisitor, like that would be he would be great for that. So. I'm I'm content with him. Like I didn't wail on him or anything. Uh, I don't. I'm not gonna have him until at least his second or third coming. I just do think he he fell a little bit short of expectations, and I, I think a lot of that is because of Dad Bod being able to beat Lord Vader Maul. Um, but yeah. yeah, that's. I guess that sums up everything for me. Do you have anything else you want to say about him? No, you know what? I really didn't pay attention that heavily into this one because man, it's just. The negativity is like an all-time high right now. Oh yeah, yeah, and, it, it, and it's just it. It honestly as it we crap on out. <laughs> I know, I know we crap, but we're being real though, you know. But but it's it, it's one thing to be real, and another thing just to like crank it up to like ten, you know, because mm -hmm. then like you start feeling it, and like you see it in other discords too, and I'm just like, man, like it bums me out, and especially with everything else that happened before too, and it's like. It's, it, I was like, we needed a win, <laughs> but Red Inquisitor was it. Yeah, we'll see. I I do miss kind of the. I don't. I'm not sure what kind of era to call it. 
But between yeah. Jedi Knight Luke and the great nerf, there was actually, I, I would argue, the community at large was very, very, very positive. Like, I remember a YouTuber who will not be named um, went and made a video and, and talked about, like, a Galaxy of Heroes players quitting or dying or something like that during that huge positivity point. And, like, his comment section was entirely just like, dude, what are you talking about? Like, I don't know anyone who's quitting right now. Um, but, anyways. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think that covers Grand Inquisitor for the most part. So I, I briefly mentioned uh, my GAC week back. So we're we're back into 5v5. How was your first match, Chilo? Uh, so 5v5. So this one, I switched up my defenses a lot. I wanted to try a couple new things. I did what you did, too. I put CLS on defense. Um, and this first matchup was really cool because I ended up going up against um, Duckstab. So Duckstab oh, yeah. is, um, is a person that that knew who we were from the podcast, mm -hmm. um, follows you you as well, and uh, was really cool. A really cool person. We had a conversation. Uh, we kind of timed out when we were going to attack each other. He, he opted not to join me on stream, but was attacking at the same time the stream was going. So it was cool. Uh, first fight we go into, he sent me a pretty solid defense. I believe it was Ray, JMK, Stark, or not Stark, Killer, but um, Supreme Leader Kylo. Uh, really, really solid defense. And it was cool because he only had five GLs. I only had five GLs. And then uh, we both had Star Killer. So I don't really get an even fight like that. So it was fun. I actually took for the first time a full Mando squad against um, his SLKR. So I had been practicing this during the offseason. And it worked out pretty good. Uh, we ended up taking his SLKR out with the Mandos. And I, I felt good. I was actually like, okay, the counter's working. And uh, we start going through the rest of the, the battle, and I decided to take my SLKR against his JMK. And oh. for some reason, <laughs> I was saying like you're 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 riding the train here. Yeah, I, I was feeling good. The Mandos worked against SLKR. I guess I was feeling myself, and I messed up because I had JML available. I should have used him, and I messed up. The fight failed. I go in there with my JML. And we couldn't get it done, even with JML. I what think was it? Was it, was it uh, TM loaded? Yeah, it was TM loaded okay, too. Yeah. yeah, that does make so, sense. So, so I was like, dang it. So that that one hurt, and uh, we didn't get the full or the full clear, obviously, because we couldn't clear that front zone, that front bottom zone. Um, we did. We went up top. We cleared that one. We cleared ships as well. That that went pretty good. It's just, man, that that one hurt. Um, and another notable fight was. Um, uh, Iden, Iden versus JTR actually worked out really, really good. Your and Iden versus it, it, their JTR, yeah, and actually worked out pretty good. I can, so I can I, see that. I have to try it again. We'll see if it works, but but it, for that fight, it worked. I had a couple of other fights too that were just whatever. Um, he ended up getting the win. He couldn't clear my board because I ended up having Ray and Starkiller in the back, and uh, he couldn't clear my. I believe it was Starkiller. And um, yeah, that was round one. So a little bit bummed. <laughs> and I think this is going to be for for us overall competitive players. I think we're going to get spanked every kind every time that five v five first starts back up. Like weeks two and three will probably be fine, uh, but week one is going to be a little brutal just because. Like, and again, I don't think this is wrong, but for those people who that uh, maybe not take three v three off, but take a much more relaxed approach. Yeah. No. No. Definitely. I, I just had a vision of what I wanted to do. And then this whole week kind of like showed me 
I rely a lot on off meta, yeah. even when I have GLs in my roster. I, I opt to go with off meta before a GL first GL battle. And I, I have to stop doing that because sometimes it, it it's beneficial when it works, but it has a higher chance of it failing than if I were to go against a GL off the rip. And, and the worst feeling it is too, is when I don't use a GL versus GL, I open up the back zone and there's no GLs back there. So I'm doing all this stuff for basically nothing. So I have to change that. Yeah, it's where you do. You have to gauge your opponent. You have to scout or whatever. But I mean, that's that is that is harder to do. But so speaking of getting spanked, uh, my first match, I was up against a guy named Bruel Huston or something like that. I think he might be. I think he might be German. I don't know. Don't quote me on that. Um, really, just good player. Um, so a lot of times I'll talk about like, oh, you know, this one, this dude won. You know, probably should have been expected. He had more GLs. He had more mods. He had more relic levels, etc. This dude was really good. Like he was. He was he's one of those types of players that'll change mods between three v three and five v five. Very very PvP focused. He helps his guild, which is a high, it's a higher end guild with some of their TW stuff as well. So he knows he not only knows what he's doing, but he's invested. Uh, so we we went up against him, and it went we did okay on the his bottom and his back wall, if I remember correctly. But he placed five Galactic Legends. And he changed it up a little bit between this time and last time, so my scouting didn't pay off as much as I would have liked it to. And he put down a lot of the his C originally. He was not putting he was not putting down an anti Wampa team, and then the one he had this time was anti Wampa, and that pretty much closed me off from a full clear right there, just because I, I didn't have enough off med and I didn't have enough uh, Galactic Legends on offense to be able to take him down. Uh, but even if I did, we went up against we did JML versus JMK. And I, again, he did have, you know, Relic 8 Ahsoka. It was the R2 cat comp, so it was a very, very, very healthy uh, Ahsoka to get through. But with, he, it was a very low health steal. He had the, a health steal Datacron on that JMK, and that that was the win condition. Um, because we would, we would, every single time we would start to work Ahsoka down, if she, they used any special, and she got called into assist, she was back up to 100% health. Just because... You know, the natural healing from JMK and the health steal, she was right back up there. So um, that ultimately being what killed the match, I don't quite honestly, I don't think we would have won had that match gone our way uh, because he's, <laughs> he had an entire Ray comp that we didn't have. We didn't have anything for. Um, but I will, we'll talk about what I'll be doing against Ray when we get to leg day. But yeah, so I got I got spanked my first match. But again, it was against a good player and there's no there's no shame in that. So how's your second match, Tilo? No, I was gonna say health steal is stupid. I, I hate health steal datacrons. That that thing is broken so bad. Um, I'm definitely gonna try to reroll a lot of health steal uh, on my characters because I, I ran into a couple times. I think it was on a gas team and the Lord Vader and health steal is absolutely disgusting. Yeah, I don't well, know I how mean, you feel about it. No, it, no, I I agree. It's the it's kind of the secret ingredient for datacrons in a lot of ways because it's the one stat you can't get through mods. And so I, I think yeah. potency and tenacity, I think they do have a lot of validity too. Um, but health still really takes the cake because it's just not some, some, some characters don't have any, like some characters sit at like zero health steal and then for balancing purposes, and then all of a sudden you throw up to like 300 on them, things start to break really quickly. Uh, so yeah, I, I agree. And that's not going to happen on every team. Uh, some teams that actually screws them. We that we saw that in my first match with uh, SLKR versus Lord Vader. Lord Vader sits at 100% health. SLKR has him dead in two minutes. Um, 
but yeah, overall it is it is broken. So sorry, totally interrupted your second match. No, no, no. I'm the one that brought it up. No, oh, sure, I'm, yeah. I'm with you too. <laughs> so second match. So second match. Um, this one was was interesting. They they had they set a pretty heavy front wall of GLs. We go we get through it. I think it was like JMK Ray and I believe what was it C, and uh, we get we get through it. Our JML actually works against their JMK this time. I didn't go in there with Starkiller or SOKR, which was nice. Uh, we do the top, we do the ships, we get past that. But I did not save my CLS for offense, which would have been really, really good. And no, it wasn't a gas team, but it was a Bastilla led uh, JML team in the back. Oh, okay. And I just didn't have any other GLs to take it out. And at the same time, there was nothing really that I had to, <laughs> that was going to be able to pack the punch to take out Watt at the same time, be able to take the onslaught from JML. And we ended up not getting the full clear. My opponent didn't get the full clear as well. I believe they just left my my um, star killer, but they ended up with more banners. So they got the win, which again, felt real bad. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, those. I mean, they they put down a good defense. They they played well. I just got got a. I guess go with it. Yeah, he he hit me with the peekaboo because it wasn't on his um, his scouting. So I was like, kudos to him. You don't see that team a lot nowadays no. either, because Watt what Watt has become very very important for GL versus GL matches now, which is kind of fun. Yeah, and usually people have CLS for offense too, and it's very you. If you have CLS, that team just gets wiped out. It's just I didn't have it, so I was like, "Dang it!" <laughs> yeah, and I mean, even even if you can't just wipe it out, it's typically a guaranteed kill on Watt, which makes the team much easier to beat. And you can just you can take it apart from there. Definitely. But, and what about you? How'd your week to, um, two go? Um, my second match. This one honestly hurt a lot. Uh, so. I went in, started meeting with J. This guy actually posted six GLs. So our, our I think that's right. Our first opponent placed five. This guy placed six. Um, so four in the bottom, two in the top. And I'm looking at this, and I'm like, all right. So I think I can beat four. Let's try to just clear out his bottom and the back. And I'm probably gonna lose here too. Like I came into this this match thinking that we're gonna lose because I only have JMK in the back, and it's gonna be very easy. Not very easy, but it, well, it's going to be easy for my opponent to clear both my front walls. My only chance is if he fails on JMK, he fails on ships, and I can clear both his, his bottom two. But So I use my JML versus JMK. It works just fine. They don't have the health steal data crons. So nothing matters. Uh, I go in to do SLKR versus uh, Lord Vader, and I misplayed it. Um, my mall was about to get a turn. I had an opportunity to make Zombie Taunt crew was fractured and i didn't take it and that was just that was just kind of it i i think i might have even lost had i done the taunt as well just because doc had already died once and she was like at yellow health and she had dots on her so that might have been a fail regardless but i definitely i could have played it better and i didn't so that really was kind of sour and then once we lost that match we were just we weren't clearing bottom there were there was no way with the, with the comps that he had put down so i went top I cleared everything that he had in top. That was kind of fun. I, we got to use Troopers versus SLKR because he didn't place Hux with them. That was funny. He actually placed a Darth Revan. So Darth Revan got blown up. That was fun. 
And then we went, I guess the most eventful thing that happened is in the bottom wall, we got to beat uh, R9JML, the solo, with Gear 11 Inquisitor. So D GG wiped out the sides. And then I just kept sending a bunch of teams to try to kill JML, and none of them could do it. Like, they weren't very, they weren't a lot of good teams. Um, like, we sent in Qui-Gon Jinn, who's Omicron as an active, or we sent in uh, Gear 12 Treya, nothing worked. Gear 11 Inquisitors, man. They took JML to town. It took them five minutes to do it, but they did it. No, I remember. This is the one I caught, too. I was actually at work. I was driving when you were sending it in. You were like, this definitely is not going to work. And slowly throughout the fight, you start getting more positive, more positive. I'm like, I'm going to take a look. I'm like, oh, dang, he's doing it. <laughs> you got us so excited, too. That was awesome. Oh, that, that stream was honestly a little sad just because I... <laughs> Not only did I kind of have an insta loss, but on top of that, it was because I misplayed something. Like I, I'm okay with losing, but what I know I could have done better is when things start to get to me. Yeah, no, those misplayed ones, that one hurts. Yeah, but yeah, but but it was but cool. yeah. The, the Inquisitors, Inquisitors was fun. The Inquisitors, <laughs> it, it was fun to see them do that. Especially I'm like, all right, you've got four stacks of armor shred. We're gonna start dealing damage. And my favorite part, as soon as you raided into Gob, everybody's like, uh, Calvin just took out the Inquisitor's uh, JML squad. I was dying so hard. And then Gob took you 100% serious, too. Well, He's I mean, like, oh, it yeah. so, so, it, so I made my YouTube video, and that was the thumbnail or whatever. It is a little bit clickbaity, uh, but at the same time, like, um, look at look at the teams that couldn't take out Solo JML yeah. out under his lead. Uh, our, our, gear, our Gear 12 Treya lost. Um, who was higher geared than my Inquisitors. Who who else? Well, Qui-Gon Jinn, that was probably expected. I had one other D... Oh, Wampa! Solo Wampa does not beat Solo JML. We found that out. That one kind of makes sense, though, because, you know, years yeah. cool days and cooldown increase and tenacity down. So that one kind of made sense. But, like, a, a lot of fairly good teams couldn't do it, and then Gear 11 Inquisitors get in there just beat beat the crap out of, you know, five minutes later. But it was it was cool. <laughs> It, it gives me a lot of flashes of like the bad batch, the bad batch and lower mm. gear. If we could be used, obviously theirs is a little bit more um, specialized, but still, that's awesome that they're able to do it. I wonder, I wonder if they do against solo JMK. But we'll find that I, later. <laughs> I, I think it has a chance. <laughs> I think it probably does too, um, because I mean. JMK already has like you know negative sixteen mastery or whatever it is, or not sixteen mastery, sixteen accuracy. So you get him with blinded foresight. I mean, he's never hitting. Um, that poor guy's gonna whiff on everything. No, I think that would, I think that would probably work. Honestly, that would probably works better than JML. Anyways, Tilo, how was yeah. your third round? All right. So speaking of misplays, I really misplayed right here. Uh, so th this opponent. I go in there to attack their Lord Vader. I attack some of the teams that they had in the bottom. Uh, they had Dark Revan, but they didn't have Malik. So I went in there with my Bounty Hunters, took that out. And I think I just went through through the rest of the teams. I forget what I use. And we go up top. I take out JML, or use JML to take out JMK. So that worked out pretty good. And then I go for Lord Vader, and I take my SLKR. But I don't know what I, I was holding the baby because I didn't I wasn't streaming this time. But it was like right before I had to go to bed. I knew I wasn't gonna have time the next day, so I was like, okay, we're gonna fight and hold the baby at the same time. And I think this is the reason why I messed up. 
I clicked on the slide. Baby Tilo. 100%. Baby, you, you, you costed me this fight. So <laughs> I clicked on Asajj instead of Zombie. So I go in there oh. with Asajj and Daka. And uh, yeah, it didn't work out good for me. So and plus, this Lord Vader had the Datacron. So he had a lot of health steal. Okay. Yeah, so there was there was nothing. And because I didn't take it in, I think I still could have got past it if I had Zombie. But to clean, and I cleaned up pretty much the rest of um, his squad. But man, I did not have a team to take out Lord Vader. Every time he would hit, he would get back to full health. So I went in there with all sorts of squads. It, it just, I couldn't do it. So we ended up only clearing one zone because I messed up and I tried a couple other GLs on Lord Vader and we didn't have enough for Starkiller. I'm thinking I lose this one for sure. I'm like, I played so horrible and I'm like mad the whole day, the next day at work. I'm like, this week was horrible, blah, 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 blah. And it's like 3.30 my time, GAC closes at four o'clock and my opponent has an attack. So I'm watching TV as soon as I come home, I'm checking again and he has an attack. It's like 20 minutes left. I go in there five minutes before lock, he didn't attack. So we ended up with the win, even though I played super garbage, <laughs> did not deserve the win at all. So you, you got the pity win. <laughs> exactly. So well, I was the, like, all right, So he baby. didn't even get his participation trophy? Like he didn't even get his 10 banners? No, he didn't oh, even wow, attack. Okay. So I was like, thank God, I need the crystals, though. I'm like, I feel real broke right now. So I was so too, man. Like, got... I, I, was, I was literally running on like 46 in these last couple days. Yeah, I had 27 after GSC uh, <laughs> ended. I was like, thank goodness, 900. No, I, I, need, I needed them bad, too. I wouldn't have been able to. Uh, I, I, I've come so close to not being able to max my daily refreshes, but pulled through. Yeah, yeah. so we ended up going one and two, and I'll take that one and two because I thought for sure I was going to go 0 and 3. And I should have. <laughs> and you? How'd your last match go? Speaking of 0 and 3, no. Um, so my last matchup, my, my opponents were getting progressively easier and easier on paper. Like our first opponent had 300 more relic levels, second was 200. This last guy only has 100 more relic levels than us. I'm like, all right, so this is like within our realm of possibility here. So I look through his I look through his JSC history. I can see he's very very heavy um, offense. He's an efficiency player. So I'm like, all right, I'm I'm calling your bet. I'm calling your bluff, buddy. We're we're setting it all. So I set three Galactic Legends on the back wall. I set uh, Lord Vader up front. Uh, Gas CLS. Uh, I I took down all of my like crappy defenses. Like dash, like that dash bam didn't make the defense cut. Like they they were thrown off for some something that would just be higher than them. Um, so like just a really, really tough defense and we go into offense and I'm like, okay, we do not have a lot of wiggle room here, but I was an idiot. And I've already, I already, already mentioned this is I just did not straight up have a counter for his gas. Um, like he, he only put down Lord Vader and then he had, like, he still had some decent teams. They weren't world beaters, but gas is probably the second hardest one. And we were just going up and down my roster, me and chat for like a half hour. And I'm like, we got nothing. Like, there, there is nothing that is going to one-shot this. Like, we looked at my bounty hunters, weren't fast enough to even to do their two-shot thing where they snipe gas out. Um, so, really, not a whole lot of options. But, all right, we're just going to have to try to go for a really clean two-shot as best we can. Qui-Gon Jinn and Bam ended up working. That was really, really nice. So, Qui-Gon Jinn went in, 
took out Rex and uh, Rex and Fives, which is phenomenal because those two add a lot to the team. Bam just goes in there, and Bam Bam did actually really really well. We didn't even lose anyone. Uh, damage immunity and foresight versus gas is brutal. So took gas down, and then I don't mean to toot my own horn, but we did we just played really stinking well, man. Like one shot the rest of the board, both ground and fleet. And while while his defense wasn't the strongest, what we were also taking on offense was also like super weak. Like we I had to use Zalbar with Jedi Knight Revan because I didn't have enough Jedi. I we had to use a Darth Revan, GBA, and Moff Gideon comp against one of his teams because we didn't have Malak, we didn't have Talon. Uh it, it it was honestly it was a very fun stream just to be able to use more or less the bare minimum and still pull out ahead so we so we did our attacks and then he goes in and i don't know if he watched the stream or something like that but he started doing a lot of risky stuff on my front wall instead because he had five galactic legends he had five yeah. galactic legends to use on offense and for some reason he didn't use any of them on the front wall at least not at first because he, he just failed left and right uh he took four battles to get maul down he took two battles to get gas down he took two battles to get star killer down and he gets to my back wall, sees the three Galactic Legend, and just, just throws in the towel. Um, which, by that point, he'd already lost, because we only dropped one battle, and I think he, going to the back wall, he'd already dropped four or five. So, it, I mean, it, it was game from there, but it was it was honestly really, really, it, it was really fun. It, I think it was a kind of a, it was very uplifting after my second match, so I went good old one and two as well. <laughs> So we copied each other. No, that's good, man. Like, and that's and that's a great thing about scouting too, especially if you know what he's gonna do. Like that, that paid off big time. And, and plus, you gotta be able to do what you gotta do on the offensive end. Yeah. So I mean, uh, yeah. That, I mean, that really does sum up the match. Like, number one, we he, he stuck to his defense, so our scouting really paid off, and then we were we were able to pull things off in execution on offense because. Sometimes, I mean, a plan can come together as far as defense setup goes, but then you get your math wrong on your bounty hunters and you don't get to annihilate Maul and then he just rips you to shreds. So execution that, is a part of it too. That, that's basically my whole week. Defensively, nobody cleared us, but offensively, we messed up a lot. Um, but I'm with you though. I wish there was more Jedi in game. I feel like we need at least like two or three more. Dude, I, okay. Like solid Jedi. So no, here's the issue though. They give us two or three more Jedi, and what do we do? We just start making more teams. <laughs> and they're like, just... okay, CG. Now that we have these three for this team, you owe us two more because now all of my Jedi teams have holes. Yeah, yeah and that's the thing. I just need some good, solid starters. Don't give me some superstar Jedi. Just give me some starters that I can plug in with the existing teams. Uh, especially with now. Now I'm, I did it once this week, but I used the Bastila. Revan, JKL, Mace, and um, Jolie against DR. And I really like that squad. That squad works out pretty good against Dark Revan. But by doing that, I kill my Jedi. And, like, I'm running on fumes. Like, Ezra is my, like, breaking case of emergency Jedi. He got used a lot this week. <laughs> breaking case of emergency. He really is that Jedi. Like, he's... I guess, I guess there's a few that are kind of little, like him, Ayla, Plo. They're all, like... Hey, it's so like we can do things. Like we're not, we're not oh, Kifisto. I, I use my Ayla. My Ayla gets used every single GAC. It's Ezra's the one that rides the bench for me. <laughs> if you get the Datacron for her, are you taking her to R seven? No, I, I, I that Datacron looks pretty broken. Like if you have R seven Ayla, 
and it's good. Like I'm not I'm not like gonna say it's not good. It's just I can't bring myself to make an investment for something that's gonna be temporary. Yeah, it's fair. I, yeah. I'm gonna yeah, hate I, I, I'm gonna I hate I'm gonna hate myself when I have an R7 Ayla and that datacron has gone and I'm gonna look at her like, were you worth it? <laughs> I well, don't know if she's worth it. And especially when you get into the habit of that. Do you do you really want to get into that habit where it's it's and some players can do this, so if you can do this, don't yeah. feel bad. Like I I don't have the room to do R seven Alo this month, just to turn around and do um, R seven Sith Assassin the month after when she she gets a really good one too for Sith Empire or whatever it is. I know next month yeah. is Sith Empire, but that's you, you get the point. Like you just keep going down, and you get just get all these like D class characters or C class characters that you otherwise would never want at R seven. Yeah, but if I could, I definitely would do it. Like her, the the way that you can get the TM train going, where you absolutely are just taking in all those turns, that's awesome. It's just, it, like I said, it's just a temporary thing that I can't make the investment for. If it was permanent, I would definitely do it. But it, it's tough. And speaking of datacrons, how, how's your datacrons and how do they affect your battle? Did you use them on offense or defense in GAC? Uh, so for the first week, they were pretty much non-existent. Like, I think I only had... I had two level threes. I had the dark side cooldown one, which I think typically lived with Lord Vader. And I don't really think made a difference because people just kept using SLKR. Um, and then my light side one, I had the, you get like 5% offense every time you have two buffs and you take a turn or something like that, which is, it, it's decent, but like it, that, that level three, it's, it's, it's going to be minor to, to compare to what the level five and nine are going to be. So it was, I think I swapped that around between a few teams, but I don't really think it made a difference either. What about you? Um, I had a, a level seven, but it was resistance and it was all right, but it's not, it's nothing really crazy. I, this week's going to be the one that changes a lot just because I have an R9 now and it's the Ray's ultimate. So she's going to have a faster ultimate, which I'm excited for, but, but I don't know it, it, this one, they, I put them on teams, but I didn't really see the big difference. The only other data crown on defense that gave me a little trouble was the one I mentioned was the health steal on Lord Vader. But other than that, I didn't really see a super big impact. Maybe this week changes, though. Well, it's probably going to change this week. Yeah, I, well, I mean, I would imagine every week going forward, I don't mean just this month, but I mean every week going forward for, for the rest of this game's life, uh, lifetime, data crimes are only going to become progressively more important. Uh, because... Uh, I've talked about this a little bit. For, for when month four kicks in and you get the dismantle, even if the dismantle is garbage, even if it's like one-tenth of what we're putting in, you're now getting everything you got in month one to work with and one-tenth more. And that is just going to stack on itself eternally. Uh, so, yeah, every week data crones are going to become more and more prevalent. But, yeah, this week was definitely kind of a slow month in that regard. But while you're talking about working on your data crones for next month, that really ushers us into leg day. Let us talk leg day. Important it is. How do you think? I jump so high at my age. Alright, Taylor, so I'll let you go ahead and continue on here. You've got your you've got the boosted ult for Ray. You're not get you're not gonna reroll for quad ult. I'm not judging you, it's just a question. No. just because I, I think I'd rather have more ultimates than just one massive one. And we talked about it. Like, what does it change on um on a gas counter, you know, it really doesn't change anything. Uh, depending on what the other rules are on the but under it, 
But with the faster Omicron, uh, the faster Ultimate, I can see that giving it problems as well as maybe even GLs. And then at the same time, um, I think it's going to be more problems in 3v3. So oh. eventually when 3v3 comes back, the faster ult's going to be problems even for the existing counters. So I think I'm going to keep it this one. It, it may not be the right move, but I'm going to try it out. <laughs> Roll the dice on that one. Um, I definitely need to re-roll it. I want the retaliate as the middle one. I just I cannot get lucky. Mm. Uh, these these resistance, the other resistance ones are pretty garbage. Uh, they're, they're not. Or I shouldn't say I shouldn't say garbage. They're just not as good. They they do good stuff, but I just wish they were a little bit better than some of these other ones. Um, for the other datacrons, I'm going R three on a lot more. Just because I had built up so much materials, I think I have three at R three right now. Um, one dark side, two light side. I just got them today, so I don't, I'm not 100 sure what they do yet. I'm just trying to bump as much as possible before the, the lock, so I can start throwing them on defense. <laughs> How about you? How is how's your data crown process going? Um, so it doesn't change much from what I've er earlier mentioned. The only thing that is that I've done is my level three that had the offense on it. It got boosted to. I've got the stun with Galactic Republic. So that was really nice. I didn't have to re-roll for it. I just got it. Um, so, I mean, that's usable on multiple teams. I think Gas and JMK are probably the big two, but I think I think there's a few other ones that could be potentially very, very helpful. Um, but yeah, I'm I mean, I'm just taking them slow. I'm not, I'm not refreshing Conquest anymore to get them. I know a lot of people are. I just, it just doesn't fit my budget with, with my crystal yeah. income. So I'll get what I can and, you know, I'll do with what, what I can with what I have. But I have started, I started leveling it up another one to level three. It hasn't gotten there yet, though. I need more of the Mark 1s or whatever. Yeah, it's, they're going. All right, what, what's your plans for Datacron? Are you going to try to get a couple of these to R9? Are you going to stay at the R3 level or bump a couple of these up to R5? So I'm making up as that I go along. And okay. the reason for this is because I need I whatever I, I would like I would like to go broad. That's what I would like to do. I, I would like to go broad. I would like to get as many level threes as possible. But at the same time, um, the the level seven and level eight, eight upgrade they don't have the Mark One whatchamacallits. So me going all in on them for you know my my Galactic Republic and maybe trying to get the ignore protection for JMK that isn't going to affect me getting another one to level three. So. I am. I'm, I'm kind of trying to do both, and I, like I said, what what I get is kind of what I get. I I am a little hesitant on the level nines though, just because like there's so much there's so much out there. Like I do, I, I know it's good, but I don't want Ayla. Like I'm not gonna level her up. So if I if I land on that one, I'm just gonna have to re-roll it. Um, but broad would be the plan. We actually have a podcast question about that. We'll get there eventually though. Okay, then I'll I'll save my thoughts on uh, going broad or going high. I mean, um, I just we'll, we'll leave it for its time. Okay. Um, other than that, other than Datacrons, I, I'm doing the same thing. I'm, I'm at Lord Vader trying to get all those characters to relic levels. I only have six more characters to get to their designed relic point. I think it's like Dooku Arc. So those are the two R8s and then a couple R5s and a couple R7s. So not nothing too bad. It's just a slow process, and I knew I knew this going into it that the relicking would be the longest part. The gear took a while, but this is just next level. So Tilo, I have finally started on Ray. 
Oh, let's go. <laughs> After year, I, mean, I think it's been what three years since SLK and Ray came out. Maybe a little less. Um, it's either three or two. I want to say it's three. I could be wrong. Someone in the chat will probably tell us, but. Yeah, so I'm finally I'm finally going after. I was looking at all the product projects that I had, or that I could possibly go for. Inquisitors are stuck behind shards, and I'm not accelerating four different characters at the same time. Again, it doesn't fit my my crystal income for that. I don't really think that sh that Sorty or what's his face, a uh, Sorty or Radis is going to be very viable low stars. Very different from Iden. I could be wrong on that. I could be wrong on that. But I think Ray is ultimately the safest investment right now for me. And I'm not going to be able to go full on headfirst into her. Um, never, never mind. Uh, <laughs> you could have just kept going. Would I'm going to let, let you cut that one out, Tilo, for the podcast. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to cut that one out. That's a good one. <laughs> so so Malgus is going to exist here in about a month. And I, whatever I'm doing with Ray, I'm going to I'm gonna put that on hold. Which that shouldn't be too hard because I really only have to level him up. Maybe I'll take the rest of the team to R5, like the Sith Empire that I don't currently have. Um, so, yeah, Ray's the main project. Malgus will get some love when he comes, but then I'm probably just going to jump back on Ray. So, I'm, I'm excited for you to get Ray. I think you're really, really going to like her. I know, I know she gets a lot of hate from people at times, too, but I, I like her a lot. Like, she's awesome. She's one of my favorite GLs just because you can just throw pretty much any other light side with her and they're viable like she's probably one of the most flexible gls well yeah i think if you're looking for gl gl value and by that i mean separate them from the rex i think yeah. she she's the best but like qu quite honestly like she i think she's one of the only ones who can do anything with any, any faction so she's the most versatile and she isn't tied to one specific character like all the other galactic legends so the, obviously, you know, you have the conquest characters that go with Lord Vader and JMK. That's very obvious. But even the other ones, like, how much are you really doing with C if you don't have armor or what? Like, how, how much are you really doing? Not a lot. Um, and and, 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 no, I was going to say, that's the thing, too. Like, I, I ran into that situation in this um, this week where when you don't have water armor you almost like get scared to use him anywhere especially against gls he, yeah he what he's gonna do at that point is go on defense with malik like that's which is fine that's okay um but it's, it's it's a certain weakness i think that really almost all the galactic legends have except ray ray will she will do okay ish uh with pretty much everything else um she doesn't she isn't gonna live and die on another character i mean even, even jml like jml is great but i mean Give him only crappy Jedi and see how much he actually beats. Yeah, or, or even JMK too. Without Cat, what is JMK? You JMK can take him without out with Cat like... is like is okay. So this is an exaggeration, but he's like garbage. Like he gets beat by so much stuff. Like on defense, bad batch, bad batch gas, Padme without Cat. Like he's um, Kat, I mean, yeah, Cat turns it into a different team. And so if you're talking about relevancy, JMK is obviously more important than Ray. So I yeah. apologize for anyone who disagrees, but if you're looking at relevancy, what he's actually going to do in the game, yeah, but there are, there are certain factors where Ray does come out on top out of all six Galactic Legends. Yeah, no, 100%. I just love the flexibility with her. If a counter pops up and you need somebody on her team, you could just take them off and replace it with something else. Or it, it, and it also just depends on how you want to use her. Offensively, defensively, you can change up a lot of stuff with her. And I, I think that's what I really like about her. Yeah, 
So I, and I think it just kind of goes back to all Galactic Legends kind of being, a, a lot of them are just the best at different things. Um, JMK, yeah. if you're looking overall package, what's going to hold best on defense and you have access to all the toys, then yeah, sure, he's the best, but there, there are other things that work into that too. Uh, but that is my leg day. Um, you have anything else you'd like to say before we go on to whose kid is it anyways? Um, no, that, that, that's it for my leg day. My, my leg day is lame other than Datacrons. <laughs> I think it'll be a little bit, I don't know if it'll be more interesting or less interesting once we both like fully get out of the the whole uh, like big wreck thing for GLs. I don't know What's if we do, happen? though. As soon as we get no. Lord Vader and Rey, <laughs> there's going to be two more. I'm like, all right, back to the line, plebs. <laughs> They're going to be like, no, nah, we waited too long. They're going <laughs> to do it right right before we get the last requirement or the, the last little bit of tokens to get the ultimate. Then they're going to be like, oh, here's the, the Rex. It's getting released tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, so I don't, as always, remember who went first last time. Tilo, do you remember? Um, no, I, I I don't remember. I just remember doing really bad last week. I'm like, oh, we had, we had tries. ice here last time. Yeah, I think I had like three tries, and I was like, oh, and three. I was like, bad. All right, so all is it okay if I give you mine first? Yeah, let me close this up. All right. So for those of you don't know, we are now going to play a, a game called Whose Kid Is It Anyways, where I will read a. Ability description to Tilo, and without looking or guessing or anything like that, or, well, there will be guessing, without looking or trying to prod or anything, he has to actually know which character it comes from and name them. Uh, if he doesn't get it right the first time, we'll give him the faction, he'll have a, a second chance, and then we'll repeat the process with me. Uh, chat, if you would like to play along, whether you're in the Twitch stream right now, or if you are uh, listening to the podcast version, please do so. And we actually, yeah, we need to, we're going to... I need to talk to you, too, about something I forgot to talk to you about before. But maybe advancing this as a way for more community interaction. That I think could be really fun that was suggested. Uh, but you ready? Let's do it. All right. Deal physical damage to target enemy. If target was target locked, all droid allies recover 5% of their leader's max health and protection. Oh, gosh. Um... I feel like I want to say HK, but I'm trying to think. And then the IG88, that that it serves as like almost like heal immunity. So I don't know if it's him, but I do not know if it's like a unique, maybe. Say it one more time. Alright, deal physical damage to target enemy. If target was target locked, all droid allies recover 5% of their leader's health, max health and protection. Oh my gosh. Um, I'm trying to think of Separatist too. Target lock, target lock. What's L3 do? Let me think. Gosh darn it. So it's deal physical damage. R one more time? Yeah, deal physical damage uh, to target enemy. If target was target locked, all droid allies recover 5% of the leader's max health and protection. Mm 
So deal target lock on all enemies. Uh, let me or let damage. me double check here. I don't I don't I don't think so, but I, I want to give you the exact wording. No, it's a deal damage to all enemies, so it's an AOE. Um, ah, I'm gonna read it again. Okay. Do physical damage to target enemy. If target, target was target locked, all droid allies recover five percent of their leader's max health and protection. Gosh. Target lock sucks. Let me think. Well, and a lot of... Yeah, I'm, I'll keep my comments to myself. <laughs> um, and I know I got you like a couple weeks ago where it was a different... It wasn't droids that, that were using target locks. And it can't be, gosh darn it. I'm going to go, I, I, don't, I don't know if it's right. It sounds like a basic. I'm going to go L3. Nope, not L3. Gosh darn it. Okay. All right, I'm going to give you the faction. You ready? All right. Separatists. Okay. <laughs> it would have been real jacked up if you said droids. Um, it would have been. Gosh, I, I feel like separatists with like two on the nose. Gosh, who has Androidica? Target lock, physical damage. I'm gonna kick myself. Watch. It's not B1. I don't think it's GG. I'm trying to think, is it B2? I feel like it's not B2, though. I feel like it's either Magma or Drogica. I'm going to go Magma Trooper. Nope. It was B1. Yeah. It was B1. It was B1. Is it? It's basic, huh? Yep, because oh, it's, it's basic is only in assisting. It, you never actually, well, you probably should never click on it. No, I forgot that it gave that. back, um, its protection was based off of the leaders, though. Like, that was, I forgot that it did that. And, and I was thinking, okay, L3, like, she's all about, like, helping her other droids. I was like, that sounds like something she would do. And I was like, B1, I wasn't 100% sure just because, <laughs> I don't know. That That's tough. I, 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 don't, I didn't mean to trip you up with this. I hope it didn't. But I gave you the faction, too, by saying droid. Like, typically, we censor those. I just read the kit. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know I don't know if that hurt you or helped you, but either no. way, I'll, I'll take it. Either way, that was, that was a good one. What's All chat right. saying? <laughs> the rusty me probably a little bit yeah <laughs> solo says way too much overthought 100 <laughs> percent. that's typical they always are though all right i got my chat covered up you want to hit me <laughs> says i'm probably the worst at uh, now, I, now i get to get roasted here <laughs> all right all right let's go all right everything's closed you're good mm-hmm yeah, I've got. Uh, do I guess I'll shut my phone down, but I'm not looking at a kid, anyways. 
Deal physical damage to target enemy and gain 15% offense for each enemy suffering a debuff during this attack. If the, if the ta- uh, target enemy was suffering a debuff, Django attack. Let, let me pick a different one real quick. And I, and I thought I had it bad with droid. <laughs> Sorry, Dilla. God darn it. <laughs> I think Kadok's right. <laughs> right. Rest in peace. <laughs> that was a good one too. Oh, it's been a, it's been a minute since. Um, uh, I it's, I thought that would happen sooner. Not gonna lie. Thought that would not not, not to you, but to any just to someone in general. Where we would just read the kit the kit off. I've I've done that. I did that at the Hollow Hollow Table News. Oh yeah, you told me it was a basic. Yeah, but I, I haven't said the character yet, so. Gosh. All right, whenever you find a new one, let me know. I got I've got chat open again. Um Now I got you nervous. I'm I really I'm like it took me a little bit to find one. Okay, I'm going to go here. All right. I'm going to uh, cover back up. Uh, hopefully I don't say the name again. So Another another target ally assist, healing that ally for 30% of blank's max health. Then all other blank allies recover half that amount. All right, you're going to read that again. How does it start? Yeah, that's how it starts. Another target ally assist, heal the ally for 30% of blank's max health. Then all other blank allies recover half that amount. So it's a call to assist. You're healing that specific ally for thirty percent, and then everyone else gets fifteen, or they yes. get they just get half of the thirty percent or whatever that. Because I'm guessing it's the target character's max health, right? Yes. So it would be fifteen. I've got one character in mind that does something similar to that, but I don't. The fifteen is kind of what's shaking me because I know a character that can call to assist. And when they do so, they get 30%. Is it one more time? One more time. Another target ally assist. Heal that ally for 30% of blank's max health. Okay, so this is... Okay, yeah. Okay, sorry. Continue. Okay. Then all other blank allies recover half that amount. Okay. So it's it's the the character itself's max health. I think this is... Is this Jolie? Yep. Gosh. <laughs> that's what i was thinking of like i'm pretty sure he gives his own though like that's that's why i want him jacked with health um but all right oh and actually right. i think i know the name to this one isn't it like Uh-oh. um that's gotta hurt or something like that no or is that his revive one, i'll let you try it again because this one's like probably one of the best named ones i think oh it's it's like with that lazy old man one like oh like you do it or something like that yeah, it's uh, you do it. <laughs> That's right. They, they even put the uh. <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. That was pretty good. Pretty good recovery after that epic fail. <laughs> All right. So now we do. So we didn't do this last week because we had Ice House here, and Ice House was great, and that's great. Um, but we do also have, I guess we can call them fan entries, where you can either join the disc. Anyone who's listening, you can join the Discord either in 
the the stream chat right now or in the podcast and you can go and enter your own whose kid is it anyways entry and we will go ahead and read that and one of us will have to try to guess it, and it looks like Rokaren is up this week uh Chilo, do you remember <laughs> a test remember uh... real quick this time who had it last time i think i can actually i could probably look at the ability the last ability and guess who it was um oh no yeah idea. so it went to you first last time so this one is mine okay because it, it was zeb's basic last time Yeah. Sorry. Um, so for this one, both of us are going to need to cover up the chat. And then do you want to read yes. it to me? Yeah, let me pull it up. I was over here zoning out. <laughs> All right. So this was not Rokarens? It is, uh, it is Rokarens, yes. Yeah, because so okay. last week we did Atlantis's. All right. All right, character has twi- uh, plus 22% tenacity and recovers seven 7.5% of their max health whenever they resist a negative status effect. If other character is present, they also gain these bonuses. Whenever character loses taunt, other character gains taunt for one turn. Oh, wait a second. Huh. Shoot. Okay. Um. So I only know one of one duo in game. Shoot. Because if I this is the tricky one. Because if I mi- yeah. mess this up, you get it pretty much instantly. Um. Yeah, because I, I only know of one duo. I only know of one duo in the game that swaps back top between the two of them. And I'm trying to remember who do, who starts it. I think I know who. Um, character has 22% tenacity and recovers 7.5 of their max health whenever they resist a negative status effect. If other characters present, they also gain these bonuses whenever this character loses taunt. Other character gains taunt for one turn. Yeah, I think... Let me think for a minute, but I I, th- I think there's only one duo in game that swaps taunt between two characters. Um, it just loses it. Yep, it says loses taunt. Yeah, I, I. So I'm gonna look at it. I'm I'm gonna guess it. And I'm gonna look at it, and I'll tell you if I'm right or wrong. But I think, I think this is Poe Dameron. I think he gets he gives it and then goes elsewhere. Yep, it's Poe. Got it. <laughs> God, Sorry, Tilo. That was a messy <laughs> one, though, because if I guessed the wrong one of the duo, then you would have gotten it immediately. Yeah, you you would have set me up for the layup right there. <laughs> All right, so that was that was tricky. That, that's an older kid. That's a character I don't use. Um, like I only, gosh, I only know that because of back when we used to use the old OG Finn lead, and Poe was a really big part of it. I, I honestly, I only use. OG Finn basically for his lead for like uh the leftover resistance or if I want to use him as like a uh a, a universal leader. <laughs> That's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah, I mean he's all right, Poe Dameron. Yeah, that was that was a hard one. Um that was I, a good I, one for you, though. I, that's a that's a really good one. Oh, and the, some of these older characters have so, so dumb numbers, like why does he have 22% tenacity? <laughs> <laughs> like 
is that is that like some lore call out because i know like k2so has like a a 96 percent chance to counter and that's like based off of a line that he says in the movie is that is 22 percent the amount of tie fighters he shot down in a force awakens i don't i don't know they're like what's less than a level at uh of data crime let's give you that <laughs> yeah it's kind of random all right so again for those of you who are out there in the chat you can join the discord and you can put in your own entry see if you can stump us sometimes we get it the first time sometimes it gets it gets uh get they gotten for bonus points and then other times it just we lose and walk away with an 0 and 6 <laughs> right so Tila, before we finally transition into talking about the Kenobi finale, which we're not there yet. We do actually have two podcast questions. Um, the first one goes to me, and it's it's actually in reference to the spreadsheet that I use for GAC matches. Someone asks, um, how do we calculate risk rating for our opponents? So that's actually just something the spreadsheet has built into it. Uh, once you put in the ally code, it'll run all the tests uh, for how many Galactic Legends they have, for how many Omicrons they have, for how many speed mods they have, all their, you know, five or six metrics. It's actually there's a tab in the spreadsheet if you open it up that actually explains how that is broken down piece by piece. Um, and then the second question, I'll go ahead and let you answer this one, Tilo. From your experience, is it better to go wide on Datacrons and have lots of, you know, two or three options or to focus on a couple specific teams and push those to, you know, level six and up? Wide or high, right. basically. So for me, my game plan going into Datacrons was to go wide as possible and just try to bolster my defense and just throw them on. So when I started doing that, that was my mindset. But then I started thinking, I said, what's the biggest impact I can have with these? And I, I think it's going to be our, the level nine. Maybe you don't get both level nines, but if you have one level nine and if it's transcendent for your defense i think i think for offense you can get away with not having a level nine but if you're going to go for level nine it's definitely a defensive thing and and that's where i would put it and then from there i would try to work on some r3s let those build up and then and then do it <laughs> and so it says Por qué no los dos? I, I would do both but that's a lot like i'm over here throwing the hundred refreshes and i know i probably shouldn't i don't have the crystal income to do it and I barely had a, a level nine. There's no way I can get uh, JMKs. It, it's going to be too much. And I think if you, for me, I can't go two level nines because then it's going to put me behind the eight ball. And I'd rather have a couple of these R3s and just one big one and maybe a couple R5s. I don't know. How, how, how about you, Calvin? Uh, so my, my, my roster and CG, however you want to look at it, they actually made the decision really easy for me. So I can only really have... I think there's only one character that I have R7 that is that is on the list, and that's JMK. So I I am going to go high. I think it's probably the way I should word this, is I'm going to go high, and I'm going to prioritize him. Once I get that, I am just going to try to get out as many level threes, just because, like, I, I just don't have a lot of squads these can go to. So I have my JMK, obviously, you know, he can, he can take the level nine. But I think I only have, like, two or three squads that can take level, I think my CLS... And maybe the JM, yeah, I think CLS is about the only other level five I can take, and they don't even have a level five for them. Yeah, so I, it's just gonna be, and this is just the nature of my roster is I'm gonna go for one level nine, and then I'm just gonna go for a bunch of threes because anything else is kind of pointless. Um, like my my roster just can't take it. I don't. I guess I could take a level five resistance, 
Um, actually, might do that depending on how things roll. Yeah, yeah. If, if things start to go that way, I might, I might take that just to get make JTR a little bit more pain in the butt. Yeah, and I, I think it's like you said, it's going to be very dependent on on the sets and who's the character on the sets. If it's going to push that team to like the next tier up, then yeah, it's going to be worth it getting to level nine. But I don't know how you feel if it's a a B team and it pushes it to A team. Do you think it's worth going to level nine? Or is it only for those teams that really just like transcend like the the level cap like a GL? So I, I think it does. This is the crappy answer I always give. It depends on your roster. I, I think if you're more like a guy like me that needs to make big bets, they needs to take big risks. I think the I think getting the the best team to the transcendent team is the key. Because uh, if I can set yeah. that down, if I can get let's see, I get the JMK, ignore protection and stun, and it's not unbeatable. None of them are. Well, let's say I get that, and that heightens my chances of just having something to hold in the front wall. Then I think that'll be better. Uh, however, I think if you're kind of on equal terms and you kind of both have a lot of everything, you're gonna want a lot more of the good. To, you're gonna want like five good to greats. You're gonna want gas with the stun, uh, so that CLS is no longer a counter. You're gonna want uh, the 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 health steal on your CLS on defense. So that it knocks out a counter. You're gonna want the debuffs with your Empire and Star Killer so that it knocks out a counter. Like you're I think that's probably the better thing, but for my for my roster, I'm I'm going I'm gonna prioritize the level nine. Yeah. No, I'm 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 with you too. I, I think it's just basically on defense. Whatever's gonna make it harder for my opponent to full clear, that's what I'm gonna do. If if I see that it's still getting basically countered by a lot of the other stuff that was already getting countered, then I'm just gonna skip it. And we'll focus on those level threes instead and we'll widen out. It just depends. <laughs> yeah. And it depends a lot on roster. Like we have someone in the chat right now and it, there's a lot of validity to it saying there's like where he's at, there's no real engagement uh, with, with Datacrons. And I mean, like if you don't have, if you don't have like multiple fully relic teams, there's really no point. Like you can't, you can't do anything. Um, and it makes them... This is one of the things that I really think should go away. I think that'll help engagement a lot with them. And maybe people don't want that, though. Maybe they don't want... They want to keep putting this off. But, yeah, I think that about sums everything up as far as that goes. Do you have any more th comments you'd like to make, Tilo? No, I was going to say, and we don't know the full effect, I say, until, like, three months into this. Once we get to hit that three months mark, then we're going to be able to see, like, the true effect. Because we'll not only have, like, the stuff we're already getting through Conquest, through TWs, but we'll start getting those dismantled um, resources as well. And then we're going to get an idea of what's this going to look like on a consistent basis. Well, like, yeah, like I said earlier, it's only going to become more and more important as the game goes on uh, because yeah. your the amount of resources you have to work with, whether you're spending or not, regardless of what your style is, it's always going to increase uh, just because yeah. of the, na the, na the way they've made the system, which I guess that's good, um, but it is something to consider. Yeah, 100%. All right, guys, so that that brings us to the Kenobi finale. So we are going to be here shortly. We're going to be talking about our general thoughts about episode six. I think, Teal, I should have talked with you more about this last week. <laughs> uh, or not last week, early before the stream. But are you okay with really just focusing on episode six today? And then maybe next week we can hone in on our thoughts as the series as a whole? Because I think dissecting yeah. them both is probably going to be really hard. You know, 100%. Like, this this one deserves just by itself, for sure. Yeah, so this is going to be spoiler-intensive and spoiler-heavy. Uh, for episode six, we're not going to... 
I mean, there aren't really any spoilers for anything else, at least as far as I know. Um, but so if you don't want to hear those, you know, shut the podcast off, go ahead and run over to it and slap that off or, you know, turn off the stream. Now, as much as I love having you guys here, um, I really eat. Even if it was bad, I wouldn't want you to, you to learn this way. Um, so it's not, but <laughs> spoiler, it's not. <laughs> yeah, well, well, because so so the, we'll 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 go we'll give on the go on this tangent here for a second for people to get out. Um, and actually, I need to change the description to say that we have we have Kenobi spoilers going on right now. Um, but like, so when a Rise of Skywalker, even like Endgame, like Marvel, which I'm I'm not a big of a Marvel fan as I'm a Star Wars fan. Like, I didn't I don't want to know if you liked it. Like that that that's how how little I want to know. I don't know. I don't want to know what Rotten Tomatoes thought of it. Um, I don't want. I don't want to know what the audience score of it was. Like, if if I could, I would probably. So there's a really cool community sense with the trailers and whatnot. But I would rather no information be shown in the trailers. Um, oh, I'm the exact opposite. I eat up spoilers. I look up spoilers. Okay, I'm like no, listening man. to spoilers. It, it's just it it doesn't it doesn't affect me. You're like me. my wife. That's a weird thing to say on a podcast, but she is very much like that. She'll, if she can find the script before and she'll read it. Oh, a hundred percent. Me too. Like even if it's the wrong script, I'll read it and see it. I, I I like that game though to see like what they kept, what they didn't kept, and and even in this episode, there's stuff that that was changed from the originals that I've been holding in from telling everybody. <laughs> um all right so i think we've given everyone a fair enough of time to to you know skedaddle so overall tila what'd you think what'd you think of episode six? Oh man i love this episode uh all, all the stuff from the beginning of the episode was cool uh even the reva stuff was cool but the main event between obi-wan and vader oh my gosh i don't know how many times i've watched it already um i i, I i've been trying to make this video i've been using uh the the song the running up that hill from Stranger Things with the fight I try to put it on TikTok but it keeps on getting taken down so I don't know if I'll be able to but uh, I, I've watched this fight I don't know how many times I love this thing so much this is probably maybe top three favorite fight for sure in all of Star Wars yeah and I think so so broadly I I love the episode I think. I think I got everything right that it could. Um, so I, I even came into this, and even while I was watching it, I wasn't 100% happy with it. But after, you know, watching it three or four or five times, whatever it was, um, I, I came to a better realization of what they did was better than what I wanted. Um, but yeah, re really good fight scene. I mean, we, we got what we wanted. We wanted a we wanted to see Kenobi at his peak, and I, I really think we did. I, I don't think we've seen... Um, I don't think we've ever seen Kenobi stronger than this. And yeah. we also, as you said, we wanted bars. Uh, we wanted there to be yeah. important lines. And I think, so, so we as Star Wars fans, I think fans in general also do this. We tend to read into things and we tend to make them more than they are. And I kind of like that because there are a lot of, <laughs> there are a lot of things that I saw in this that I don't think Deborah Chow had intended or Ewan McGregor or Kathleen Kennedy, but things that I saw and I'm like, I'm making connections that I don't know if they intended us to make. Some really, some really cool stuff. A hundred percent. This that whole fight has so much, and then I think this is the reason why I enjoy that fight is it just has so much connections to just the Star Wars universe as a whole. Obi Wan story, Anakin story, like everything is connected. 
And, and I think that's the reason I really enjoyed this fight. Yeah, so it, it connects everything really well. Because what I wanted, when I wanted to come into this episode, what we talked about last week is I wanted a battle of ideologies, essentially where, you know, Obi-Wan proved Anakin wrong in what he did in his choices and whatnot. And the reason why I don't think that was the right choice and what they did was the right choice was because that's not how Obi-Wan and Anakin are in A New Hope. When we get to Obi-Wan in A New Hope, yes, he is resolved. He has moved past his trauma. He has healed. Um, excuse me. He's much wiser. But at the same time, what does he tell Luke to do? To to run? Well, so at that moment, yeah, to run. But ultimately, oh, in relation to Anakin, he tells him to kill him. Like, this is... Yeah. Um, Obi-Wan doesn't get to a point where he thinks... Deep down, probably. But he doesn't get to a point where he thinks that Anakin is savable... To get past his trauma, he accepts the fact that Anakin is dead. Yeah, and, and I like that a lot because you bring it out like right there. He doesn't even address him at the end as Anakin anymore. He addresses him as Darth. And they put so much more emphasis yep. on when, when he says in episode four, he calls him Darth. He doesn't have the respect to even say Vader. He just calls him Darth. Like, and then you understand why. And I, I think he has to do it in a way to like for his own sake too. Because it's closure. You see how, that, that, that's yeah, how he moves past it. This this whole series has been talking about like how it like those that fight between him and Anakin, the decisions Anakin made had affected him. It affected his connection with the Force. Yep. And by doing that, it allows him to see clarity and have like the relief, like that elephant off his back to be a force user going forward and be the person that people need him to be. And I think the thing that made it so cool for me, and I've actually been going back and watching the Ahsoka invader fight from rebel season two, Flight of the apprentice because, well, because there's a lot of cool connections and what they're, and what they're doing. And ultimately in my opinion, what it does is it makes the scene, uh, and render not render return of the Jedi. It makes it so much more valuable because both in the, the fight sequence with the ripping off of the mask, both of the Soka and Kenobi, Anakin comes out a little. He comes out yes. just enough. And and the if you so if you go back and you you have watched it, but if you go back and watch the Vader and Ahsoka fight, when when Vader first confronts Ahsoka, he said, Ah, so our meeting has finally arrived. Giving this idea that Darth Vader and Ahsoka have not yet met. That Darth Vader yeah. and the apprentice have not yet met. And then when his mask rips off. He yells out Ahsoka and you get, you can tell that this is no longer Vader. This is Anakin speaking. And that very quickly goes away and he retreats back into Vader and, you know, Vader does his stuff. And we see the same thing in this battle where the mass is ripped off and it, it, it's currently Vader. And then Anakin just sees fr from the eyes of Vader, sees Obi-Wan suffering that you know, 10 years ago, he said, I have failed you. And now 10 years later, he's still saying, I'm sorry. And Anakin sees the suffering in Obi-Wan's eyes. And he, and he looks at him and he, he, he essentially lets him off the hook. And yeah. I do think this part was intentional on Disney's or whoever's part. They specifically, you know, showed the blue light across Anakin's face. Yeah. Um, showing that this, you know, this is Anakin speaking at this point that, He's telling him, you know, you didn't kill Anakin Skywalker. I did. This is him letting Kenobi off the hook. 
letting him move past it, letting him continue on with his life, whatever. And then, you know, Vader ultimately just comes back. And that's... And again, that ultimately builds uh, why Return of the Jedi was... The moment Return of the Jedi when Luke is able to remove the whole mask, whereas Ahsoka can take the left piece, Kenobi can take the right piece. The only Luke... Hit the, like you know his family the one he loved the one who he saw padme in was actually able to take off the mask all the way and not only do that but show but bring back anakin in a way that ahsoka couldn't do and obi-wan couldn't do so th- they nailed it th- they nailed it no 100 percent. i was gonna say the same thing like ahsoka takes out the left but obi-wan takes out the right but it really just shows you their their effect on vader Yes, they can hit him all the way through to where they get to Anakin, but they can't get him all the way. It's only a mere little glimpse of Anakin. And it's like you said with Luke. Luke is the only one that's able to do it because he's able to see Anakin as himself all the way with no trace of Vader because he's able to take off the mask. Like, I love that part so much. and then you talking about the lights with the blue light and the red light, mm-hmm. that was really good and really intentional on their part. And if you even look, he's crying. Yep. Vader is crying when he's telling them, like, you didn't kill Anakin. I killed Anakin. But then again, it, Vader comes back. It, and, mm-hmm. and it's a really cool concept that they've been doing with Vader um, since even the comic book. Since the comic book run of Vader, they've... Um, in his castle, there was a rock under the castle. It was a force nexus, very similar to what Dagobah has with the the cave. Okay. Yep. So Vader goes in there. He has a like a force. I want to say like a force trip, but he does. Like <laughs> his whole body is like you see his arms cut off. You see like tight, like almost like like vines, kind of like representing like his lack of force there because it's mechanical. But you see his consciousness still has good within it. Because there's butterflies in there, even though there is like lightning and darkness in there, and that's supposed to represent Anakin. And we definitely see that in this fight. Like he's definitely twisted because he's when he's telling Anakin or Obi Wan that he's killed Vader. If you notice, and you could barely see it, he's smiling. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, and this is an interesting part for us too because we haven't seen this in live action. Yes, we've seen it in Rebels. But we've never really gotten to the point where we see the sadisticness of Vader. Mm-hmm. So it makes me really wonder when Vader is killing those rebels on the ship, when he's taking people out in that village, what's his face look like? I wonder if it's very similar to Palpatine, where Palpatine gets glee from doing all these evil acts. I'm pretty sure Vader is too, because we do not get to see that. And I really, I really enjoyed that whole last interaction that they had together. Yeah, I mean, I mean that made the episode. So there are there are some good things. Uh, not the. I mean, we can come back to the fight if you want to a little bit more. But Uncle Owen, man, like, no, Aunt Baru is a G. Also, yes, yes, that is that is fair. Um, it was nice to see the the actress reprise her role. But I think he's got to be. And I'm a little surprised too. Like I wasn't expecting to come back and be like, "Wow, yeah, the character that I enjoyed the most from this series was Uncle Owen." But dang, like. That actor, that actor is phenomenal. I don't know his name. I probably yeah. should. Um, but the, just the line of, why do you treat like for 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 Reba to understand what family really is um, from Uncle Owen saying he is my own like that. 
that was cool. Like that, that was awesome. Yeah, yeah it, it, it makes me mad though a little bit in episode four when Luke sees them all burnt. Like, at least have a little more reaction now. <laughs> Owen was so good to you. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but Amber was so awesome though, too. Like her, she cracked out the the guns, handed it to Owen. Like it, it's really cool. And that's something that we really don't get to see, especially in episode four. We we see them like, oh, they they don't seem as equipped as they are in reality, which I really liked. Oh, and yeah, I I the sacrifice that they essentially make by, you know, giving up their lives to raise Luke or whatever and then getting barbecued. Um yeah. It doesn't mean it doesn't. I don't know about you, but it never really felt like a lot to me in episode four. Like I was like, yeah. all right, there go those characters. This really brought a lot of depth to those characters um, that made their ultimate ending, which is very sad now, uh, made it a lot better. Like that, then that's what I want. That's what I want from this extra Star Wars stuff is to not take away from what has already been done, but to add to it. And I think this episode yeah. did that dramatically, both with uncle owen and aunt Beru, but as well with um the importance of luke skywalker in episode six i think this this episode only enhanced the importance of luke and we, we can throw in leia too i think i think the situation would be the same it had it been leia yeah it, how, how'd you feel about reba and her her storyline on this last episode um so i probably should leave this more so for when we go over the series as a whole because it's really just a continuation of that of where I like the character, I would like to see more of her, but it just continued this very out of place and forced narrative yeah. that didn't like I like I kind of get it, but it's 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 just a little too many hoops, you know. Like, all right, so she 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 didn't die. Okay, that that happens. Uh, she finds the hollow projector. Um, she does the math uh, to, to head there immediately. Um, she waits till nightfall like they expect her to. She decides not to kill Luke. Even like, um, yeah, this is, it was okay. It, it was, to this episode was definitely tolerable given everything else that was happening around it. But I still think her whole narrative, I think it was, it not only was it lost in Kenobi, but I think it kind of got in the way of Kenobi at sometimes. Yeah, I I could see that definitely. Um, I I wish they would have went with their original plan. Uh, from everything I heard, they would they actually reshot a couple of these scenes. So the original plan was her to actually go over there, try to get Obi or Luke, and then after Vader and Obi Wan's fight. He does the same thing. He realizes what's going on. He goes to Owen's farm. He confronts Reva. Reva has the same interaction where, where like she realizes like she's wrong, you know. So she goes. But the only difference, instead of going her own way to do whatever she wants, she still remains an Inquisitor. She goes back to the Inquisitor fortress and she tells Vader, "Obi Wan's dead," trying to help oh. Obi Wan out and letting him know that he died. And Vader's all like you're a fool. Like, I just fought Obi-Wan. Ain't no way you beat Obi-Wan. And then he stabs her in the chest, and then she dies. It, I would have personally liked that a little bit better, the original ending of Reva, just because it ties up 
the the loose ends because now she's out there. She knows Luke's Anakin's child. She knows Le- Leia's Anakin's child, and and I don't know. I I don't know if I like that that much because it's like you don't think Obi Wan would have did something to stop that. That's some precious information that they're banking on as the Jedi as a whole to save them. I don't know. Well, I don't know if she knows all that. I don't know. I, I don't know. It's if heavily she knows implied. That Luke and Leia are, are Vader's kids. They they didn't say it specifically, but it's heavily heavily implied. I th- I definitely think she knows though. I okay. So I I actually I do prefer her alive just because if she was gonna kind of get in the way, like I said, of the Kenobi series, like at least do something with her. Like like give me give me her own story of her doing something cool yeah. on her own. Because I would, I would have been kind of ticked if they brought her onto this. She kind of got in the way, left and right, and then they just killed her in the end. Like, all right, so that was kind of a. I, I, I hope she gets her own show. I, I know a lot of people didn't like her, but if they, if they put an investment, um, into her character in the series, I, I would like it to go forward. And that's the same thing. And everybody's saying in chat too. There's rumors of her getting their new show, but the thing is, it's like. They be, they have to do it now. Now they've made it to the point where she's too important as a character for them to push aside. I don't want the same situation as they did with Kira. Like Kira has all this build up. You see that she's going to go train with Maul, and yes, we get paid off like uh, through the comic books and and through her run, but it doesn't hit the same as it does like if it was on TV or if it was a movie. And and that's what I really hope that they do. Give her a TV show. Give her a movie. Don't just tell me the story in comic book form or a book. Like, I actually need to see this on live action for them to really justify her being alive. Oh, and I hope, I typically don't hope Disney does this, but I hope they they typically do do this where they stick to their guns and even with a lot of backlash or whatever, they just kind of do what they want. Um, Yeah. So I'm I'm hoping a lot of the the sourness that came out of her in Kenobi for what she kind of did or the... The, the way that she, like I said, she got in the way. Hopefully that doesn't affect things long-term, but. Yeah. Um, what other thing? Obviously, the the moment, like, even when I saw this in the show, I, I thought about you, Qui-Gon. How'd you feel about that? Oh, okay. So this, um, I will only feel good about this if we get Kenobi Season 2. We we might Kathleen Kennedy. I think she made an announcement today, saying like kind of like tippy toeing around it. Didn't confirm anything, but at the same time, Obi One's like the highest, like the highest. Uh, what was it? The highest viewed thing on Disney Plus. So I'm pretty sure they're gonna end up doing like Kenobi too. But but she tiptoed around it though, so it's a possibility. I definitely could see it happening. Yeah, I I, I really I really need a season two for that, like because that was. And I've talked about this multiple times. I've been waiting 17 years to get that interaction. If it lasted two seconds or two sentences, that sucks. Like, give me more than that. And then their story, from the way they did it, their story still to tell. Uh, obviously, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to see Leia again. Uh, I think that was yeah. great, by the way. We can get into that more next week. But I'm, I'm hope, hoping that interaction's done. I'm hoping the interaction between the Inquisitors are done. But there's still a lot other things that happen. Like, I know one of the original script ideas for Kenobi, back when it was still going to be a movie, was actually for Obi-Wan to be handling local disputes with a Chief Tuscan. 
so I wouldn't. I, I would like a Kenobi season two where we get uh, Kenobi and Qui Gon Jinn on Tatooine resolving that problem, and we get a parallel, no interaction, but a parallel of Vader and Palpatine, and we get to see. We, we get to see how Qui-Gon is now training uh, Obi-Wan to this new level, and we see how Palpatine is training Vader. And then maybe, 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 at the end of the series, we get your Thanos moment, where everything is revolved <laughs> with the Tuscans, and you see a shimmer of none other than who but Darth Kraid himself. I just think Ashira Head would be so cool if they did it. It's just like, and that could be the season two villain. That's what I would want. And and obviously you get the the moment where he Obi-Wan chops off his hand and stuff like that. I, that would just be cool in so many levels. It sets up the sequels for Ray too, because he's alive during that time period. I, that would be cool. Well, but they, they can go I, all I, over the place with Crate. Great that they can yeah. continue their continuity in the the in between three and four. Uh, it can it can be stuff that happens in the Mandalorian. Um, it can be stuff something that happens, you know, like you said, post Ray. Darth Crate has a lot of viability to throw him in a lot of places, and like you said, kind of make a Thanos. Yeah, and, and even in, in in the old EU, he's had interactions with Luke. He's helped yep. Luke fight the like like. Um, I forget her name, Abaroth or whatever yep, her name the, is. The mother. Yes. So, so he's he's fought like right there. Like he has ties. Like I think he would be really cool to have in um, canon. But I don't know. Like unless they go that route, I don't. I I don't know if I want a season two. Because I I think you can give me the story I want in a book form from that. Like give me the interactions between. Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon Jinn to a book. I would be perfectly fine with that. But unless there's a big event, and, and it makes it hard for there to be a big event because it can't be super big because then obviously the Empire would know then the cover's blown and you can't have that because it doesn't tie up to canon. So it, it has to be big enough for the reason for them to be a show, but at the same time it can't be super big especially if it's only going to be on Tatooine. And I don't know if I want to see him off-world uh, that much because then it just pops up even more problems in Ken. I don't know. It's it, it's a tough spot. Isn't that the implication that we get that at the end of Kenobi? Like, he's got a bag. He's moving out of wherever he was, and Qui-Gon tells him they've got a long way to go. Is that? It, did you get the, the implication that he's going off-world for a little bit? Ah. <sighs> I don't know though, because maybe just like, to visit Yoda. Because I don't even know that you know. It's because I don't know. It's kind of hard. It, that's just a hard one to be honest. Because it's like if you look at Rebels, it makes it seem like he's he's there looking over Luke like constantly, and he has to be looking over Luke. Anything could happen. If they take out Luke, it's it's a wrap. Like Kenobi has to be around there. They've like, got a plan B. Lay is still kicking. <laughs> I I know, but he he's laid all his eggs in the Luke basket. So I don't think I don't see him going off world unless it's like dire. Because even to go off world in this series, it, it took Leia for to take him off the test. Yeah. Well, but so, also uh, Kenobi was hiding from yeah. everything that he was afraid of a lot of which was kind of in his self um 
but I, I I could like I don't I don't want him to go off and do anything super big, but I think there could be some subtle behind the scenes stuff, like we said with Darth Crate, um, that doesn't necessarily need to be addressed right now, but that can set up something larger for the future. Yeah, and it could be a big event for the show, but at the same time, not be world breaking or galaxy breaking to like event wise. I don't know. It, it's just uh, it just it puts them in such a tough position for season two that I don't know if if I was like a showrunner, I don't know if I want to take that on because at the same time, if it's not a super big event like Vader versus Kenobi, is the show worth making? Does it make it? I don't know. Is it as big a spectacle as it, it could be? I get what it you're just, saying. I get what you're saying. Like you know, th- this one we had. Um... Ultimately, like, uh, imagine where the series would have stood if we didn't get that last fight. Exactly. You would just have a whole bunch of episode once chopping meat uh, from, like, the, the the sand whale. Like, it wouldn't it wouldn't have been that great. Uh, it would no. not. It, it would have been... It would have gotten rigged significantly lower than where it's getting rigged now, but... Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. Um... I think that uh-huh. covers it for me. I mean, like I said, we can, we're next week. We'll talk a little bit more about the series in general, more of an overall view and we can cover anything we missed, I guess. I was going to talk a little bit about the fight more too. Go for there's it. A lot, there's a lot more stuff like in there. Like, did you notice like the different tie ins from uh, when Vader crushes the ground beneath Kenobi? Like, obviously you got the big one from the high ground. Which oh Vader yeah, the, had. the thing that nobody said but everyone thought, yes. Yes, the the high ground. And I'm really glad Vader didn't do a dumb pun right there, but everyone else knew what was going on. No, yeah, I it, it would have been very it would have been so out of character for Vader to crack a joke. Like <laughs> if he was like, "Oh, the, I have the high who has the high ground now, Obi-Wan." Like that would have been <laughs> that it, it would have been very cheesy. And and like the the message was was already gotten across. Exactly. But the two big things that I really liked from that part was one, Vader crushes Obi-Wan and he leaves thinking Obi-Wan's dead. But he doesn't go in there with the lightsaber to really take him out. He almost wants to do it in the same position where Obi-Wan left him in episode three, or episode three where oh, he yeah. leaves him for yep. dead. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that was his main intention to leave him for dead and let him be like, let him suffer the way he suffered. Yep. But at the same time, when it comes to Obi-Wan's perspective, I think this one harkens back to a lot of what happened with um, Maul in episode one. It, a, a very similar position. He's in the pit and then he's in a dire situation where Maul has clearly the upper hand on him. And what brings him out? It's it's his his love for basically Qui Gon and to like protect Qui Gon because he doesn't know he's completely dead at this point. So that pushes him over, gives him that power boost. Because if you look at Kenobi, Kenobi's nothing special. His Minichlorian count isn't as high as Anakin, Mace's, or or Yoda's. Even when he's an apprentice, they consider him an average Jedi. But but his love makes him push above his like his power level it almost gives me uh, little vibes of goku in the, like the original dragon ball z where they kill krillin and then he goes into super saiyan and obi-wan does the krillin? same thing i didn't know that <laughs> oh spoilers isn't, um, that, isn't that like the meme that he dies like a thousand times or something <laughs> 
Yeah, but this is the initial thing to push him into Super Saiyan, and it does the same thing with Obi-Wan. Uh, he starts thinking about the children, and it pushes him to grounds we've never seen Obi-Wan do. When he lifts all those rocks oh, to yeah. take out Obi-Wan, it's like, and, and, and I like it too, because it harkens back to Rey too, doing the same thing in uh, Last Jedi. So, but it, but it's, re it's really cool. It has a lot of different ties to the whole series as a whole. Well, you mentioned it briefly, and I, I liked the the flashes to, you know, uh, Luke and Leia, like, what is his motivation for getting back up? Like, he's he's, he's been yes. kind of consistently knocked down throughout this, the entirety of the series, getting his butt handed him to, you know, like, you know, the thieves in episode or two or whatever that kidnapped Leia. Um, and then he finally, like you said, and we see this a lot with Sith. We see this a ton with Sith, where they take the easy way, and they lock into their hate and they draw their power from that. And one of the big downfalls of a lot of the Jedi in the prequels is they cut themselves off. <laughs> it's going to sound very funny from the power of love. Um, and that's ultimately where they, they failed a lot was they, they were so rational and cutting off emotion to be logical that they were missing out on both this, you know, higher intelligence and higher power. So yeah, a, like in the same way that a Sith to tap into their power, they need to focus on what they hate. A Jedi to really go to their highest level, they need to be driven by what they love. So that was that was that was really cool. Like it was very clear that his motivation was not it was not vengefulness to kill Anakin, but it was a desire to save Luke and Leia. Yeah, but even the Jedi could fall into the same category as the Sith because what do they do? They try to neuter like the Jedi's ability to love, and and only in in certain opportunities the Jedi really get to showcase when they truly love somebody, and this is one of the opportunities where a Jedi shows, and you see what the power love gives. Like I definitely agree with you on that hundred percent, but I think the Jedi fall under that as at the same time too. It's just because they're they're so corrupted during the time of uh, Episode Three. Oh yeah, and I mean, so I just got done reading just got done it's been a week uh reading master and apprentice the book of obi-wan and qui-gon i think you've read it too right yeah really really good book i finished it like right before the kenobi finale so it was it was very well timed um <laughs> but so qui-gon talks a lot about the prophecy of the chosen one and that's part of the prophecy is bringing balance to the force isn't necessarily just having two sith and two jedi that's that's not really a thing uh but one of the things of the prophecy is that they were supposed to end um uh, the wickedness and the tyranny or, or the hypocrisy within the jedi like that that was it wasn't that they were supposed to kill all the good guys is that they were supposed to cleanse the the um the evil or kind of like you were saying like the, the the lack of ability to love that was going on within the jedi yeah no a hundred percent um i was gonna ask you too because a lot of people well, this was like a big a big thing online that i saw did you feel like Vader was weaker in this in this fight? No. Um... Cuz I can nope. give you my I, I I think he's weaker in this fight. So, I don't know if weaker is the right word, but I I can you can see I I would I would say both of them. I would say both of them were holding back. I would say both both Obi-Wan and and Anakin were not were not going for the throat like they, they were definitely fighting at, at a very high level but i really don't think 
that they were going for the throat. I want to say he's weaker just be due to the style that Obi-Wan like put on Vader. Because if you look at the fight, this is not Obi-Wan's normal stat. Like he does obviously his beginning stance, but it's not letting Anakin come to him and being defensive. A lot in this whole fight, Obi-Wan's the one that's being the aggressor. And I think that's, that, that comes down to the same thing that happened to um, Kylo Ren. It, it's because he's emotionally like compromised. So when Kylo Ren goes to kill Han, he thought he was going to get a power boost. And he ends up like becoming weaker at that moment. And that's why Finn is able to like overcome Kylo. And obviously, Rey does too. But I think that does the same thing here. And we obviously see that Vader is like, emotionally compromised because he's crying at the end when obi-wan cuts his mask and i yep. think it does weaken him because yeah, he yeah, doesn't have that full resolve and i and and even the way because every day if obi-wan's being the offensive like the the one to initiate the offense vader's gonna murk him and vader should murk him like obviously he's way more skilled even as vader than he is as anakin like he's a way better fighter, way better tactician, and I, I think he was weaker. But I think it's due to the fact that he had like emotions towards Obi Wan. Yeah, and I mean, it just goes to show you, like, so Vader is more powerful than Obi Wan. But if you take if yeah. you take someone who is a better fighter than another person, and you put them in ten different scenarios of you know whatever outside thing you can talk about, whatever it's like an, an emotional thing or a terrain thing, they're not going to win. They probably don't win ten out of ten. Like there, there are going to be circumstances where the better fighter is going to lose, and I think it apply, would apply here too. That it was, he was, yeah, he he was weakened due to the circumstances of the fight. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. But this whole fight was good, man. From even like the visuals, everything, I really enjoyed this one. Like I said, top three fight for me, lightsaber battle for me, easy. Oh yeah, because it really just it. it I don't know where I would rank it or how I'd rank it because it almost feel it just felt like one more piece to the puzzle. Like this, uh, you, you probably watched, I know you watched it, but like watching this and the Ahsoka fight back to back, it felt like kind of the last piece is, is what it felt like to me. It felt like they were finally kind of putting something together. And I don't know if I could, how far I could separate it out, but that's, yeah, those are all my thoughts on it. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And I, like like we said in the beginning too, I feel like now all three of those events really tie into each other: the Obi Wan fight, the Ahsoka fight, and then the end of Return of the Jedi. Like I, I think it makes it really good. And then obviously it's for those real Star Wars heads. Yeah. Now we get a real good appreciation for that moment where he takes off the mask. Yep, a hundred percent agree. All right, man. So I'm gonna get the raid get uh, going. It looks like Finn from Reality Skew Gamers is coming back to the game, so he's doing something. So we're gonna go ahead and raid into him. That's pretty cool. Um, oh heck yeah! Any final words you'd like to say before we say everyone off? Um, no, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, guys. So thanks again for everyone who, who's been here. Uh, it's been a pleasure to love Star Wars alongside you guys. Uh, we are going to get going with the raid. And I timed it just about five seconds too long, but all's good at well now. So, as always, guys, thanks for being here, and stay mad awesome. <laughs>